And that's a wrap. Shut it down. That was a great episode. Woo! That was, we're never going to top that one. Yeah, that was the best. I hope we don't <laughs> lose any of the footage, I know. any of the recording. Well, oh, uh, stay tuned for next episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. And uh, stay tuned. Bye now. <laughs> great episode. Great one, Dave. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Man. Way to go. Uh, better better get uh, rolling home. Well, wait, why don't you just stay? We'll just we'll do another. One. We'll do another. We'll go right into another Screw one. Screw it. Let's do another one. We're do All right. That's uh hit that theme music. This has been a long time coming. A long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say 18 years-ish. Just about. Just Almost about. to the... To Almost the to dot, the... To the date? The date. To the day. To yeah. the day. 20, 18 years minus Ooh, a week. That went fast. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd be here doing this. Live from Recon Cinema Studios? Mm-mm-mm. Yes. Live as we record it? Live to tape. Live to tape. Live yeah. to tape, yeah. That's what we are. Did not think of that. <laughs> but here we are. Big surprise. Happy to be here. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm John Diner. I'm Dave Munchak. And this is Reconsinimation. Thanks for uh, coming back. want to say a quick thank you, as we always do, to our very good friends, Curtis Moore, for the wonderful poster and artwork. Thank you, Curtis. And E.K. Wimmer for the theme song and other little touches that he does for us live here in the studio. Thank you, Welcome EK. back, EK. It's great to great to see you. You look great today. Yeah. That's a great outfit. You know, EK was actually in town on Halloween, oh. which, which was a few weeks ago at this point. Yeah. But uh, It's a long-distant memory for me. In town oh. for John Carpenter's concert at the Palladium in Hollywood. Uh, oh, my God. That's on so Halloween cool. night. Like, wow. It doesn't get better than that for horror fans. I, I had a previous engagement, couldn't make it, couldn't but uh, I was getting lots of uh, texts of, of uh, little video snippets. Getting updates oh from Oh, my the, God. It was amazing. I think that uh, I think you might have admitted to some sort of felony here at that point. Mm, I, that may or may I not happen. I don't think you, they had the broadcast rights for that. <laughs> You're probably going to get a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> well, now here we are. It is November we are heading straight, like we're looking right down the barrel at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I love this. We're 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 in the thick of it now. Middle of November, Halloween in October is it just a distant yeah. memory? Yeah, like, like it. We were all like, over Halloween this year, and, and now it's like ugh. I don't even remember. This it. is the best time. Any time that it isn't October is the best time. <laughs> the best. <laughs> David is so over the horror movies that it's going to take 11 months just to just to even think about them again. It's, it's the movies, it's the month of October where Halloween again has extended into mm-hmm. a ridiculous uh, four-week celebration uh, for a bunch of adults. <clears throat> and uh, I'm, I'm done. So glad to keep going. Let's, Here, yeah. Thanksgiving's coming. Christmas. New Year's. And while we're talking about all the movies we were we covered this Halloween season, you can check them all out in our archives. Yeah, we have Recon- a lot of episodes. Yeah, reconsideration.com. Uh, you can you know check us out on iTunes. Give us a five star review. That really helps the show. Yeah, please. Yeah, we uh, we need the boost. We'll uh, it'll get us uh, more 
just just get the show out there more and more people will be able to listen to it and know it's out there. Yeah. Uh, give us some reviews, some ratings, tweet at us. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, the Twitter. Uh, Facebook. We're on the Facebook. So, you know, many, many, but not all social media platforms. Yeah. So, so come by. Say hi. Just Google or search for Reconcinimation. I did set up a Friendster. Okay. That still exists, yeah. and I figured, why not? Someone's u- someone's using. It. Someone's there. Yeah, don't even worry about it. So, so check us out on Friendster. Why don't you start there? Friend us. Yeah, friend us on Friendster. All right, cool. <laughs> and if only there were like, I mean, there are not a lot of Thanksgiving movies. So mm-hmm. you know, you've got a handful, and yeah. that's it. But so, we're not we're not probably touching on any Thanksgiving this We're not year. gonna go really Thanksgiving. But we are hanging around in November, mm-hmm. thinking about what came out in November. Um, so why don't we why don't we get right to it? Cool. Are you ready for the truth? I believe comic book heroes walk the earth. I believe you're one of those individuals. just an ordinary man. No, you're not. Why do you keep saying that? It's hard for many to believe there are extraordinary things inside themselves. Don't worry. I'm not telling you what. It's all right to be afraid, David. Because this part won't be like a comic book. Bad is winning. Unbreakable. I bet my dad could beat up your dad. So that's the that's the film this week. We're talking about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> this is the prequel movie. This is the prequel to that <laughs> to that series, that Netflix show. The Unbreakable part of Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. You see her just for about four seconds in the movie, but yeah, there's a flash. This is definitely leading, clearly leading right into it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think we we see her get kidnapped in the background. Yeah, yeah. Of a shot, and, right? And and we don't know what happens. Yeah, you have to watch the show to find out <laughs> what happened in this movie. Uh, but before we get into the movie. Let's talk about this day in history. Oh, bum bum. Yeah, you got the music. Bum bum bum. That's it. <laughs> is, that, is that how you would introduce that? <laughs> That's it. Uh, so uh, we're talking what happened uh, November 22nd-ish? November the same 20, yeah. day of the, the movie's release? Correct, yes. Oh, what happened? Which is not today. We're very close to that. It's yeah. a couple, couple of days from now, three days from now. Very close. Uh, 1961. The mm. campaign to promote Sh- Sir Sean Connery as the the not just the new James Bond but the first James Bond uh, begins. So that whole that whole promotional process started in 1961, a year before Doctor No came out. Oh, but he had already been signed to do it. Yeah, he was signed, and I don't know if they had started filming yet or were about to start filming, but oh. they were already getting the the. You know the ball rolling really with, with putting him out there. The marketing machine was in full force. Oh yeah, you know that 1961 marketing <laughs> machine. <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, interesting. Uh, 1963, a uh, sad day in in the history of uh, America. Yes. JFK was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big time bummer. Still that, feeling that, the that's effects. what they put out. That was the headline <laughs> that on was, all the papers. Uh, 
bummer. Big time bummer. <laughs> President assassinated. Moving on. <laughs> uh, 1968. Uh, TV history was made. The first interracial kiss mm. on your favorite television show. Uh, Mark and Mindy? Mm-hmm. You got it. <laughs> yeah. no. uh, Star Trek? Star Trek. And the the people who kissed were? Uh, let's see. Well, you got to know one of them. James T. Kirk. Tiberius, yes. James Tiberius Kirk. Mm-hmm. And Ahura. Mm-hmm. You got it. That was... Uh, Those were the characters. Yeah, I think the next interracial kiss was uh, Bill Murray and O.J. Simpson on Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. Yeah. So fun, we've nailed fun, the first two. Fun facts. Yeah. Uh, 1995, Ooh. a little movie called Toy Story was released. Oh, man. It changed animation. Oh, my God. Film forever. Talk about a movie that holds up, by the way. Toy Story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it? It's it, it, It's exciting, fun, It's emotional. It, it's kind of a perfect movie. And really? two is, I don't know, is two better? I've only it's seen of, two once in the Ooh. in the theater that that holiday season really and i was kind of like eh, this is a this is pretty good <laughs> i oh mean i really God. liked it yeah and then i hadn't i've seen toy story one a bunch of times after that mm-hmm. never i never really went back to two and then then three and then three happened and, and then, then you cried. i love three. Oh my god i yeah. died like <laughs> i died three times in that day. you should really give toy story two a another shot because i think you now would really oh i'm sh- i'm sure I, I i mean i remember really liking it mm-hmm. but it for some whatever maybe it was a sequel thing i just wasn't i wasn't going to go back to it i don't know I, it's I, possible i didn't have like a i had nothing against it i really liked it right it's so, just one of those things there are movies that just slip through the cracks and sometimes you you know yeah don't engage with it and that's part of what our show is all about yeah let's Checking reengage yeah reengage reconcinemize it that's what we do That's here. That's what we do. It's, we're in the business of that. Uh, there was actually a couple of birthdays that happened on this day as well. Uh-oh. Uh, the original Scream Queen, Jamie Lee Curtis, was born in 1958. Oh, Jamie Lee. Mm-hmm. Oh. Our favorite. Yep. Our gal. And then also Scarlett Johansson was born in 1984. 1984? Yeah. Wow. She's old. <laughs> She's about to retire. For a woman in film, she old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I want to give a quick shout out of the week, a new little bit, Bring ding to our very good friend Joel and Austin, loyal follower of the show. Thank you for uh, he's he's sent me some some DMs of uh, recommendations of stuff we should do. Oh, cool! What do you think about uh, Josie and the Pussycats? Okay, you ever seen it? Nope. Well, there we go. Well, thanks, there Joel. We, yeah, we'll add it to the queue. Yeah. Josie and the Pussycats and Almost Famous are his two uh, recommendations. Big ones. We will definitely be doing... I mean, uh, Almost Famous, you you have to do. Yeah. So that's definitely happening. Oh, yeah. So who knows which order we'll do them in and in how many years. By by 2028, I think we can get to at least one of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So give us some time. We're going to have quite the archives (laughs) by then. (laughs) Yeah. Once we move up to one show a day, we, we're really going to start blowing. This will be a daily thirty-minute show, pretty uh, soon. Three-hour show. All oh, right, yeah. daily three-hour uh, marathon on the Recon Cinema Network. Yeah, live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and one of many shows we'll be doing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we already know we have our political show, right? Which we what we've done with that one is just record a bunch of them in advance, 
and then we'll air them as as we feel necessary. Yeah, because so, they're definitely timeless. Yeah, but they they can be timely at certain points. Again, so we're wait, yeah. you know, there's no way that they wouldn't be. Like I think the news from May 27th of this year is going to be really important to hear next February. Absolutely. Yeah. So be on the lookout. That's the plan. It's coming soon. Here we go. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Well, thanks, Joel. Um, uh, so we're Unbreakable. That's the the 2000 what? film Unbreakable. What a film! Why are we talking about this one today? Is there a reason? Mm, like specifically? There is a reason. This I don't know. Well, we've got a uh, we've got the third part of the trilogy coming out very very soon, mm. and it uh, it got me thinking about. I haven't seen Unbreakable in a long time. Mm-hmm. I loved it when it first came out, and I soured on it pretty quickly. Oh, uh, so I wanted to wanted to go back and revisit it and see what. Uh, the 2018 John Diner had to say about it. Yeah, two different views then. Maybe. Because 2011 was just not a fan. 2011. 20 20 like like 2004 mm-hmm. to like you turned on it. 2018 John Diner was not a fan. Did you see it again in 2004 and watch it? I, in, I had like, I had seen it probably three times, and it was just like going getting worse and worse for me. Really? Yeah. So, oh. but that was a while ago. Interesting. I, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Though. Yeah, uh, I saw it. I saw it in the theater, mm-hmm. and then I don't. I don't think I've seen it uh, start to finish since. I've seen, I think, sections of it mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But um, when you were watching it on like WPIX, no, okay. no. So, uh, I don't know what it was, but I came back to it to, just for this show, and finally s- sat down. And went and I I had I, my feelings had changed on it in uh, a couple of different ways since the beginning. What are those feelings? Let's find out next on Reconcinimation. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> uh, no, I saw it when it first came out. I don't remember if it was opening weekend, but pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. I saw it when I was in Santa Fe with my Santa Fe loonies. The loonies. The loonies. <laughs> Shout uh, out. We saw the, the the great theater, the DeVargas Mall, if anyone's ever been there. Mm. Beautiful uh, piece of scenery. Is it still there? Uh, it, the mall is there, but I the last time I was in Santa Fe, they had actually like put a wall over the, where the theater was. Oh. Like where the entrance to the theater was just a solid it. wall. They bricked like, it off. Did they just <laughs> barricade it in? Is the theater still in there? Like what, what's yeah. in there? Wow, interesting. So Maybe. I uh, I was too afraid to find out. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd never get in there. But that was a not a great theater that I eventually uh, worked. Or by this point, I had worked at and left. I think. But wow, yeah, very exciting. Yeah, I saw Unbreakable when it was in theaters. I I could not tell you when or with who. Like if it was that weekend or maybe over the, the Thanksgiving holiday mm-hmm. weekend kind of thing. Yeah, this um, was a Thanksgiving weekend movie. Yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. When who did I see it with? I don't know. Probably Joe. Could have been Joe. Yeah. Could have been I probably maybe some other school friends. College friends. Yeah. Well, that's where you go in groups and it's like yeah. I don't know. There's like 10 of us. There's Yeah. Some... I mean, a follow-up to The Sixth Sense. I mean, this was the movie to go to. Yeah. I well, yeah, this was this was a huge movie and and uh right at the 
I don't know. I feel like Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis have had five different heights of their careers, mm-hmm. but this is like one of them where they're still riding at a very high, you know, a very high period of time. Yeah. Um, so anything that they were in was a big movie, and you were going to see it if you're younger than forty. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, this just having them two in it. Yeah, was like, well, this is great. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's it's M Night's next movie that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be great. Yeah, uh, I I loved it when I first saw it. Like I was saying, but. Uh, it was just the kind of movie. The more I watched it, the more, the less I liked it. Mm. And I think it. I don't know. It like with any movie, I think it has to do with your mental state and where you are with these certain kinds of movies. Right. Um, but it definitely, I soured on it real quick. Oh, I, I honestly, I didn't really like it all that much. There were things I, I things I liked about it, but leaving the theater, I was just kind of like. This movie kind of stinks. Yeah, like something about. But I was. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was in for. And it was actually having discussions with people about it that made me realize like I was looking at it the wrong way. And uh, but I had. But I. But I didn't rewatch it. So it. I was only going on my memory of mm-hmm. it. And then, in just in time, it aged really well with me. So, um, if we were to have a discussion about it like a year ago. I would have just said I, how much, how good it, how good it is. It's like it's a really solid movie. Yeah. Um, well, it's an interesting take. It's a different take, and we'll get into that as as we get into the show here. But uh, it's a different take on a superhero on the superhero movie. Right. Totally different take than especially what had come before it, and a lot of what's come since. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you want to? Can you sum up the plot in like sixty seconds? So we, I don't want to spend uh, the whole show talking about it. But <laughs> not like Friday the Thirteenth, where I could spend the entire show <laughs> talking about just moment to moment what happened. Every scene in order <laughs> uh, with every action. Uh, this is a story about two kind of opposing forces of human beings. Um, uh, two men sort of discovering their place in the world uh, and where they belong, um, kind of as first as outsiders we sort of see their we sort of see them both as outsiders in the world they live in and then uh we we grow to learn that they're kind of polar opposites and um they're challenged to sort of move into another another place of belonging um where you know one is the most fragile human being uh on earth who who breaks bones easily and one is basically an, uh, an invincible human being who doesn't realize it. Yeah. Um, and it's a matter of where they fit in with those roles uh, as human beings with sort of unnatural uh, super humanness uh, to them. Yeah. Is that the movie? That's, I think that's it. That, yeah. that, it's that, and then that movie, Toys, with Robin Williams, oh, basically yeah. the same movie. They're basically the same. Yeah. yeah. As I'm I, like say, saying it out loud, I'm like, boy, it sounds like Toys. That's what, yeah, what I thought the same thing. I immediately put the, my VHS copy of Toys in. <laughs> yeah, they're basic. Yeah, yeah. If if you loved Unbreakable, you're gonna love Toys. <laughs> yeah. Also, Richard Pryor's The Toy. <laughs> yeah, and then Toy Story and the, all of those. <laughs> right. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, how do we segue that? Boy, that was good. I don't know. Um, but the superhero movie up to this point, before before we figure out where it fits in the grand scheme of the superhero movie and how it works. 
with what we're seeing today and your favorite Marvel movies that just nonstop talking They're about. They're freaking great. Off, off mic. Off mic and on mic. That's all I'll do. <laughs> Munch's Marvel Podcast Minute. That's another one on the network. And I, and I, I just record like a two-minute podcast and I just say, well, I watched Spider-Man Homecoming again. It's awesome. <laughs> Here's some cool stuff I liked about it. You Bing, sh- bang, bong. Yep. Done. See you next time. <laughs> Just every time I watch a Marvel movie, I just talk about how awesome it yeah. is for a minute. Oh, of course. Yeah. What else would you say? Uh, <laughs> but well, let's look at what was happening before this movie. Okay. So the superhero movies were had really come up and down. It was a rocky road for the superheroes. Hmm. And there weren't really that many superhero movies. I mean, you had your Superman and Batman franchises. Right. You had your, what, your really... Not so great Captain America movies. Your Flash, just the one. Didn't it wasn't? No, there was a second one. Oh, was there? Yeah. Oh, so many people know about it. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, the Flash, Flash movies. Flash Gordon. Well, Flash Gordon. Yeah. Was there a Flash movie? Yeah. With Barry Allen, the the titular Flash. Yeah, it's like 1990. I want to say. What? There was yeah, with Mark Hamill as the villain. That was a TV series. Sorry. Yeah, but the movie was the pilot. It wasn't in theaters. No, it was a TV movie. But it was a pilot. On per- it was to so. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. not fair. All right, fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but Punisher. You know, Punisher was, with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but other than Superman and Batman, at this point, well, I guess X Men. The first X Men had come out. It came out that summer, right, of two thousand as well. So this was the. The, that was the other. That was the f- next mainstream mm-hmm. uh, movie. But I mean, before this, you had uh, you had some other Marvel movies. You had Blade, which kind of Blade is probably the introduction of the modern superhero movie. I think I, I would argue the way we see the Marvel kind of style of films today, mm. the newer yeah. Batman, all that. Blade is probably the one. You know, I know we had Spawn come out uh, Spawn as well. Was a- 97 though yeah 90, yeah and i forget what year blade was i want to say 95 no no blade was 98 oh okay yeah. oh, all right but uh but you're right blade was really blade's kind of the forgotten marvel movie i mean not not the whole blade franchise but yeah it's forgotten how much of an impact blade really had in the grand scheme of things yeah because that that really i mean it's in that marvel world yeah it comes from marvel it's uh, in this it's in the cinematic universe isn't it no i don't i don't think in any official capacity now well i mean he's so unrelated to the other characters but i i don't know i thought i read that it is technically part of i'm it. sure there's a fan theory kind of mm-hmm. unofficial way to work it all in yeah uh, especially with ryan Reynolds being in the third movie oh, with course. jessica beale yeah um but uh, of course you had other comic book things coming to the big screen so you had your Ninja Turtles in the eighties, which mm-hmm. more inspired by the cartoon popularity. Yeah. I would say not really the take on the original comic, which was kind of a basically supposed to be a satire on mm-hmm. the 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 superhero genre where they they technically take place uh next to the Daredevil universe in a sense. Yeah. Uh it's kind of a weird so they're just poking fun at what superheroes are let's be outrageous. They're ninja turtles who are teenagers. Um, but then that so that was a that was, that made a lot of money as a, a franchise as well, uh, especially Turtles in Time. 
Absolutely. Oh, God. I've never seen that until a couple of about a year ago. Just oh, no. just because it was on HBO or something. Like, oh, let's, let, let me see. And they, it's basically produced like a TV movie. It looks terrible. It's like, it's not re- good. It's really terrible. Like, yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing. I really I watched the first twenty minutes, and I just like, oh, yeah, that's bad. It's hard. It's hard um, to watch. But of course, and then before this, a lot of the you know there's those other pulpy comic strips and radio shows that were turned into. Films like The Rocketeer, The Shadow, mm-hmm. uh, The Phantom. Um, all hits. All, all hit. The Crow, of course, was The Crow was kind of a big deal. That was a comic as well. You know, I forgot that The Crow was actually was yeah. a comic. I thought that was an original. Yeah, that was deal. that was a comic. It did pretty good. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a blockbuster. Crow, but, Crow, yeah, Crow did well, but it did well. So there were. I know the VHS copies sold like like hotcakes mm. when I was at Suncoast. <laughs> Uh, so there were, I mean, well, there's always been, Hollywood's always been going to the well of comics here and there. Um, aside, you know, I mean, we had there, we had your Richard Donner Superman sort of mm-hmm. really lead the charge well, that, and to mainstream it, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. That, that Richard Donner Superman, and you can argue if it's Richard Donner Superman 2 or not, uh, really led the charge like you said and and really kick-started the the superhero movie yeah. and really there are things that are dated about those and there are plot points that don't work like flying around earth backwards makes you go back in time well that's been explained and if, I know, if you'll I'm, indulge me go ahead <laughs> it, he's not turning the earth around in its rotation but we're seeing we're actually seeing him travel back in time so the perception is the earth is spinning backwards because you're watching him go backward in time it's not that the earth is physically going backwards right but even that like creating the fact that superman can go back in time crazy that, that's a new that's a new thing <laughs> yeah no he, superman uh, had uh, some interesting powers yeah. in those movies and and that there but it's it's a good uh, superman the first superman is a really good origin story it's yeah. a really good build up to who how he becomes superman why he becomes superman yeah and how he handles it and then going forward. Yeah. So I feel like that is sort of like a blueprint of what the superhero movie is. Yeah, you spend a lot of time as with him as Clark, uh, as a young, you know, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the young origin of him uh, living as a human being and learning that he's not human. Yeah. And what it, but what it takes to like sort of integrate. And uh, so you... The, that first Superman, it's a long ass movie. It is. It's, it's like, like it's over two hours. Yeah, and uh, but it's and it takes its time uh, to let you see the humanity in this alien, and this alien sees the good in humanity, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's a perfect. I don't know. It's it's, it's just kind of perfect way to give you uh, an entry into like superheroes. Yeah, uh, trying to be men, and then two kind of picks up right. The, uh, you know where one leaves off, and, and minutes later, two has the benefit of not having to do the origin part, so yeah. it can you know it doesn't need to spend all that time. They just get right into it, yeah, and it can be more action and more you know plot oriented. Yeah, you jump right in, and then they ran that franchise straight into the ground. Whew. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> have you seen three or four anytime I, recently? A couple of years back, I think I watched a bit of both of them. And they, they're, it's like kind of surreal. Like it, it's weird. It's, it's like an alternate reality of, because those first two are, are so good and, uh, are, and define, mm-hmm. define the character for, 
uh, in a different way for mainstream audiences. And then these are just kind of weird. I mean, the fourth one was made. Who's the French director that made it? it it's like the, it opens with such a ridiculous, like French comedy, like sequence of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like this is a Superman movie. And what happened? Oh, it's awful. I mean, they. <laughs> you know, you wonder how these big giant movies who have these big budgets, how they get all the way to this point, like. Yeah. When you're in the editing room and watching this, I, I know a lot of times it's just past the point of no return for these movies, and they just the studio has to finish it and put it out. Yeah. But my God, mm-hmm. like what was happening when you guys were either writing this or shooting it? Yeah. Well, I think it's there. There was no preciousness to what came before that they, they didn't have to honor it. They're, they're whoever mm-hmm. the new director. They're going to get a new writer. They're going to. They just need to put a Superman movie out. Yeah. Um, you know they and know that'll make money, right. or at least they presume that. And a lot of times, uh, the handicap that the filmmakers have is that they they're given X amount of dollars to work with and an X amount of time frame, yeah. which is usually really short, and they don't have a good plot yet. And now they're rushing into production without a good plot. Yeah. So kind of, I get it. I get it from and, both sides. And to touch briefly on Superman three, where it's just basically a comedy movie for star- it's a Richard vehicle. Pryor movie. It's a Richard Pryor comedy movie, and that happened to have super happens to have Superman. Yeah, in it. <laughs> there's no Lois Lane. It's not a story about. It's not really a story about Superman Is at she all. Even in it, she's not. Uh, right, that's the one she's not in. She's think. not in it. It's the, uh, the. Was she in it like just very little? She's briefly in four. I right. believe, but she. I don't think she was back in. in yeah, you don't need Lois Lane in the Superman. No, whatever. <laughs> it's, a, it's fine. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a. It was. I don't. I think the, the comic books were sort of seen as a a child's medium uh, in this era, where you know I think back back in the fifties, back in the sixties and before, adults were reading comic books, but mm-hmm. then the, the 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 explosion of superheroes kind of made it seem to be a little bit on the fringe mm-hmm. and certainly when the comics code authority had been like sort of that's basically censoring it like trying to keep a keeping the comics at a certain tone so like reduce to get rid of the horror uh the horror and the true crime and the all those all them and... pulpy stuff and then it just sort of it hindered the, the, the industry kind of bit and um i think it, it became embraced by children in a sense and uh, then it was sort of looked down on as a kid's thing. Um, so it was it was weird that all of these. Um... Well, those kids, it's funny because in the long run, those kids are the ones who turn around and made it this mega, mega billion dollar franchise that it is. Now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, through the 80s, the Superman movies kind of went downhill real quick. Mm-hmm. And the comic book movie was saved by. Tim Burton's 1989 Batman, mm-hmm. uh, which was a huge movie. I mean, that was that movie was everywhere, and the marketing. That was when the the marketing started to be such a big part of it. And yeah, the toys and the com- the uh, the comic books of the movie and yeah, um, the Prince album. <laughs> yeah, the Prince, yeah. Uh, I had the the uh, novelization of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just marketing everywhere for I, it. I had a poster of the Batmobile, which had it was a picture of the Batmobile on a black background, and then a bunch of like stats, you know, just like it's it, yeah. like this is this was great <laughs> when I was ten years old having a, a Batmobile poster. And Batman was like a dying character. I mean, as far as public interest goes, 
Yeah, I guess throughout so. the '80s, it was just. I mean, a lot of what kind of did it in was the show from the '60s that it's hard to take Batman seriously, and mm-hmm. um, they just didn't have a lot of. I mean, they obviously had some great moments in there, but uh, they didn't have a lot going on. And then Tim Burton's Batman came and just changed the character and uh, brought some good attention back to comic books. And then the animated series took it on a television level, but, like, took it in a really good direction. Yeah. Batman became... He was in your living room every day if the kids were watching. You Mm -hmm. know, it was... uh, um, and and that cartoon series took the the aesthetic and style from Tim Burton, so it's 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 basically a spiritual sequel to right. those first two movies. Um, that they even reference things that happened in those first, well, in the first movie particularly, mm-hmm. um, just very you know very loosely. Uh, but it had its own style that uh, I think everyone was attracted to. It's such a strange thing. Batman had all this advanced technology. Um, you know, with his with his bat plane and his bat computer and all that, but like everyone in Gotham City watches TV on a black and white television. Um, they have blimps that fly around. Uh, like, yeah, it's it's such a great aesthetic on that. Yeah, and so it it helped further legitimize like the art, the artistic uh, strategy you can do with a, a, a guy who just chooses to put on a a, a cape and cowl mm-hmm. and uh, save a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah, because I mean, Batman, as we all know, is a human. He doesn't have any superpowers. No, he's got his brain. He's got his tech and his brain. Yeah, and it, well, and all the money that pays for it. Well, yeah, but he's the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Batman franchise starts off hot. Then I don't want to talk too much about uh, Batman Returns because we might be discussing it in more detail very soon. Ooh, okay. Uh, does okay. And then Joel Schumacher takes over and runs that franchise into the ground. Yeah, it becomes a neon kaleidoscopian uh, hellscape yeah. of Gotham City. Yeah. It's very strange. That's like he was trying to make the old show again in a weird modern way. Yeah, he kind of brought back the camp of, of the show and the camp of the, the old comics. Yeah. And, you know, but still using sort of the, the Burton-esque Aesthetic and it's it just doesn't mesh well. Yeah, well. there's certain Burton things that he kept, like the look of the some of the the, the wardrobe and the Batmobile, mm-hmm. and certain actors stayed throughout the franchise. But oh my god, what a what a abysmal direction that went. So for the most part, leading up to Unbreakable, we're seeing the translation of you know the the t- the tights, the flights, the the bright colors, the the action, the violence. Yeah. Um, you know, so Unbreakable isn't you didn't if you didn't know what you were getting into, you don't even realize you're watching a comic book movie in a sense, and a superhero movie in a sense. You don't really know that that's what it's about. Well, that's yeah. Until that's, you really get into it, that's part of the marketing, and and eventually something that was a problem. But uh, you, there was no clue that this movie is a superhero movie. Yeah. You didn't know. I mean, it looks like from the trailer, it looked like an, a drama with a, some kind of action insinuated mm-hmm. with Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson. Yeah. So this is a completely, you know, there hadn't been that many major comic book franchise character movies made other than Superman and Batman at this point mm-hmm. uh, that were at least that were successful. Uh, so this movie kind of sneaks in at a point 
basically just prior to any of the Marvel stuff coming out. Uh, it does come on the heels of X-Men, but a uh, very different kind of movie. Uh, this is much more of a film that has superhero elements in it than a actual superhero movie. Yes. You know, the like the, it's, it's saying it's got actual like themes and there's an emotional depth to it. Yeah, it it, it is a it's a character study on on two different kinds of people that happen to have these interesting uh things about them mm-hmm. that that elevate them to a comic book level status. Yeah. Uh comic book hero status, I guess. Um and what uh, what were the movies that Sam and uh Bruce did right before these? Oh, so this is their fourth yeah. movie. Yeah. They did and and I guess one of them could be a stretch, but they did uh, Jurassic Park. I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> don't remember Bruce in that. He's in it. Yeah. He's in it. You guys all missed it. <laughs> they cut his scene. He's in the dinosaur suit. He's in. The <laughs> He's T-Rex. the one in the giant He's tyrannosaurus. The <laughs> He's a T Rex guy. Come on, guys. <laughs> That's uh, why they call no, him they Bruce. They did Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. They did uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. And then Bruce has a quick cam, quick and really good cameo in Lo- National Lampoon's oh. Loaded Weapon One. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right. As opposed to Loaded Weapon 2 or 3 right. or 4. I like that movie. The 4 is really good. We though. mentioned that movie before on this podcast. Loaded Weapon? Mm-hmm. Emilio and uh, something in the... It was in our Kurt's Corner for mm. Emilio, I think. Uh, something yes. like that, I think. It oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Young, young Guns. The Young probably. Guns episode, yeah. which you can listen to in the archives. You got it. You stole my line. <laughs> I'm trying. I I want to make sure we're consistent. Yeah. Promote the old shows. Young Guns was a great episode. It's gotten a lot of hits too. People like the Young Guns episode. Good. I'm glad they did. Wait for Young Guns too, my friends. There's anyway. No, there's no way I'm doing Young Guns too. By yeah, the way. you are. <laughs> that's not happening. Well, we're still writing Young Guns three. <laughs> right. Remember? Oh, that's true. Yeah. I'll send you my latest draft. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. So wow. who are, yeah, who are the filmmakers here? Who's who's behind this movie? I don't know. Tell me. Was there? I don't know. Was did, did anyone make this movie? Nope. Was there? A, was there people? Uh, M Night Shyamalan. M Night Shyamalan. Is that the correct pronunciation? I think so. That's the what I've always heard. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if that was technically wrong. But uh, I apologize to Mr. Shyamalan sure if that's he's listening. We're gonna get a tweet in about. 30 seconds but we can uh we can just call him night from uh night he goes by night and and by day (laughs) he goes day and night uh no but that i I, (laughs) if you're referring to him his friends his co-workers they call him night that's his name well that's what i call him too okay so we'll call him night yeah uh he boy I have a lot to say about him, and most of it's not good. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Are we just going to shit on him or something? Uh, I am. This in... is his fourth movie, by the way. Fourth. Fourth movie in life. Oh, in his, yeah. In his career. Yeah, but second major movie. Second major, yeah. 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 The first one was like a self-financed mm-hmm. piece where he starred in it. it just, uh, of course, because he's always in his movies. And then he directed a, a coming-of-age kid movie maybe or was it that... disney's the kid no <laughs> what was it called fight fire away <laughs> swing away swing away it's called uh wide awake <laughs> you were close to swing away <laughs> swing away <laughs> uh rosie o'donnell 
Dennis Leary and Dana Delaney. I, and I, I don't know. I watched the trailer today. Looks looks crazy. Does it? <laughs> Just some weird kids movie that no uh, one's heard of. Yeah. But I that, have not, uh, but not that, seen it. That came out in 88 or something like that. Or 98. No. I was going to say 88, but he was like seven or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. Um, yeah, his... I'm not a huge fan. The Careful. Am I on thin ice already? <laughs> I'm dialing. He's conference in to listen. <laughs> uh, no, I thought The Sixth Sense was a, a great movie. Yeah. It was very, um, especially the first time you saw it, it was it was great. A lot of hype to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know how well, in general, his movies uh, last over time. Mm. Uh, oh. And Sixth Sense is a movie. I don't. I don't think that's a movie you would really want to watch over and over. You know, once you've seen it a couple times and you know the ending, mm-hmm. that that's that's his gimmick. His gimmick is those twist endings. And once you know it, especially if you don't like it, why would you ever go back to that movie? Right. Which is what I felt about everything pretty much after Unbreakable. That I, I did not jive gotcha. with most of the endings. Like Signs. Signs and The Village and... I didn't want to talk about Lady in the Water mm. and everything after that. How about the happening? Oh, I've mm. seen some of the happening. Um, it it became a signature thing, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a gimmick. And it's and and for he was a one, a real essentially a one note mm-hmm. filmmaker. Well, for a long time, yeah. I think because he he relied on that. Yeah, he just kept going to the well, you mm-hmm. know. Well, because if you take out the twists of everything, you have pretty good character movies. Like these are these are movies about interesting people. Yeah, you, the the twist isn't really helpful. <laughs> I really it just like helps it. you get to an ending. Yeah, um, which which sucks because he doesn't really know how to end the move his movies well. Yeah, um, it, they take these forced like right turn or these hard right turns mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't need. Yeah. Um, but that's that's his whole. I mean, that's probably like the idea for the movie is that ending, mm-hmm. and how do we get? <laughs> how do we get there? Yeah, I, I and I and I don't know if it was a a thing of because it works so well, and with the sixth sense that trying to strike gold or trying to use that as a style. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if you with sixth sense and with this movie, a lot of a lot of his stuff, his style is kind of basic film school kind of stuff and like in terms of his use of color and mm-hmm. sort of th- but i mean unbreakable is still like a gorgeous movie i think yeah, it's, that- it's shot really well i think i mean especially to emulate the the comic panels that you know that that are trying to clue you in that mm-hmm. these long breathless takes are very purposeful yeah and they're and they're interesting and you're not he apparently didn't shoot a lot of coverage for most of these things he just he he decided what was going to be on screen and that was it yeah and uh Fascinating, but like things are very kind of obvious if you look back at them. Like, sort of, um, the clues are are there. And I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think it may not. It's just maybe not as a because I think he's matured as a filmmaker. I, I saw Split last year, um, and I didn't even know what I was getting into. Loved it. Yeah, and I think it was really well done. Split was fantastic. Yeah, I feel like the last few years he's uh, he's matured to a point where where he's i don't know he's 
figured out a, a a different way to start telling some of his stories. Yeah, and and a lot of his most of his movies are, are interesting ideas, but it was those twists that yeah. they really they just drove me crazy. Yeah. Um, I started to really get angry at like some of his movies because it's purposely like withholding information right. that informs everything you've been watching, and then you don't you don't live with any of that afterward. Uh, well, like here's the result. Here's what you didn't know, and then the credits roll. Yeah, it's like that kind of sucks. Throw, yeah. If you th- throw that in, give me give me another twenty minutes, and then we can sort of live with the ramifications of that new information. Right, show us how that affects the characters we've been watching. Yeah. Um, and you can't really do that with Sixth Sense. It actually ends on such a great climax mm-hmm. with the twist. But then after that, it's, it's just the twist comes at the end. And it just kind of ruins the whole experience. Speaking of ruining the experience. <laughs> go. Uh, I just go on. Sidetrack with the Sixth Sense. So I had not. I, I kind of, because of all the hype of it, I was like not running to the theater. It was okay. one of those movies that was just like. Everybody's like obsessed with this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I see. I was so I was kind of like intentionally not seeing it. Yeah. And I'm having dinner with. Uh, I had some friends over with my grandmother, and she just blurted out the ending. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, just completely spoiled it, and I had just said that I hadn't seen the movie yet. Ah, come on! And she just let it fly. That's a bummer. <laughs> That's a bummer. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to rush and see that one. Although I did see it soon after that. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. I don't th- I think I, I can only ima- I, I've watched Sixth Sense a couple of times after. And knowing the truth and everything, it, it doesn't really bother me for that movie. I think I think it really is. A, it's a well-done mm-hmm. film on its own. Yeah. And knowing, knowing the truth gives that second viewing a lot of... Uh, well, you're looking fun. at it from a diff- totally different angle. Yeah, and this movie too. I yeah. guess all of his movies. It just, to me, Sixth Sense is fine. This one, I think, really, really works. Especially like, uh, you know, I was saying earlier that I was not a fan of it for a while. Most of that was just it's very slow. It's a slow pace. It's a slow burn. Yep. Uh, there's a lot building up. And then there's not a huge payoff, but where I am with films now, I kind of appreciate that. Right. Take Uh, your time. Yeah. Get there. Like, I like the buildup of the story, the buildup of the characters. And and if they had, I mean, imagine this movie, this is just putting it like to more modern action movie category, Mm -hmm. but imagine they broke out into some some kind of major fight scene at the end. Mm -hmm. It just... I don't know. It wouldn't have the same emotional, like realistic impact that that it, the film has. No. With if you had that. No. no because you, you don't get a, a real big payoff. No, I mean you you find out what's going on, and then you get two two you know title cards that tell you what happens to the characters. Yeah. Like that sucks. Like what? Yeah. Not that they should have fought, but wouldn't that have been interesting for to see what David Dunn does with that new information? Yeah. Like what does he do? He's not a cop. He's not like he's not a cop. He's not a superhero like in in tights that he's gonna fly him to jail. Like what? What is he gonna do? If if he were in tights, probably this movie <laughs> would have done even better. But the whole point of it isn't even him. You know, the hero capturing the villain. But right, the, that's not the point of the movie right. at all. So, I mean, technically, the ending ser- serves that, but. 
we could have used like just five five more minutes with everybody just mm-hmm. I, well, it, I, I think it's just a disservice to them because they've been they're fi- like you know Mr. Glass is he's orchestrating the whole thing. He knows the truth all along what's going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, and he's gonna he purposely reveals himself, and then and David goes through his arc, you know, perfectly. But then the new information, and then boom, it's over. And I didn't realize he was pl- Knight was planning to do two more movies. With these characters, well, nobody knew that. Uh, yeah, so it was just like he's like that. That what a gamble! Because it was, it was a bold choice to do this movie in the way that he did it. Yeah, uh, and I don't know that maybe it came out at the wrong time. Yeah, I mean the movie did okay, yeah. but financially, but I, it didn't do the numbers that I think everyone wanted or expected. Right, especially okay. coming off of the enormous hit that Six Sense was. Yeah, they just thought they. I mean, they assumed blockbuster kind of money, and it. Right. You know, it it made its money back, but it's not a. It wasn't huge. Right. Um, because they didn't know they didn't mar- they didn't really market it well. And, well. That's what, and he was he was upset about the marketing, the way Disney and Touchstone marketed it. Yeah. That they. You know that it should have been marketed as a as a superhero movie, yeah, and it wasn't. But I mean, they wouldn't if they had marketed it as a superhero movie. It would have been a trailer that looked like in a totally different movie than what it was. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they would have known how to market it um, like a super that that it is a superhero movie and not do it like you know a Marvel movie trailer or something right. like that, something like actiony, yeah. Like the, superhero has to be about action. Yeah, but this this movie's mostly a quiet drama. There's yeah, there's, <laughs> like, there is one action scene when he yeah. fights that guy who did the home invasion. Yeah, uh, it, I didn't. I you know knowing it, knowing what the what the result of who these characters are, I wouldn't want it to have been any different. I really, it completes the picture. Like so, rewatching the whole thing again over uh, everything I had come to think about the movie in discussing it with people like everything was reinforced like oh this this is really well done like this is this is like 98 percent of a great movie yeah uh-huh. yeah but going going back to m night or night or <laughs> we can day call him, let's call him day nah it's 2018 <laughs> be, who you, yeah. be whatever he's a new man now yeah call him day day but talking about our friend night his reputation after this movie, I mean, his reputation kind of survived this yeah. this movie, and what it, it was, I think it was Signs that started. That was the first big kind of like hit to his reputation because I people were not happy with the ending of that one, mm. and then but they they forgave him, and then was like the village, and that's when it really started. The village is kind of a big kind of like the F-U. village, <laughs> Lady in the Water, and the happening. It was just like no, no, and no. I, I skipped Lady in the Water. Yeah, I actually I just never had seen it. I have no idea what it's about. Well, you have a you have you're very anti Bryce Dallas Howard. No, mm-hmm. is she in that movie? Yeah, I think that's like her first or second lead. Is she like is she like the love interest to Paul Giamatti, like, or is she the Lady in the Water? I don't even. I I block. I literally blocked that movie out of my head. Yeah, I don't. I've never seen it. Um, but it's because of the Village that I was just like, uh, I'm, yeah, I, I'm taking a break. Right. <laughs> And then the happening. And you I, weren't the only one. Yeah, the happening I kind of avoided for the most part. Uh, after people were sort of just crapping on it all the time, like 
his and he was saved by because his movies did really well internationally. Yeah. So no matter how much of a bomb it was in the states, mm-hmm. it was like they just had to release it in the states so it could get the money from overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was kind of coasting on that that the American audience was really you know shitting on him pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and he just had to get by with that because it was still there were still hits. Uh, and I think finally he's kind of turned around and just like, okay, I want to get I want to get my respect back. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I wonder if that's what he's saying. What well, he's, what I, I mean, we text, and that's what he told <laughs> me to say. That, that's yeah. I think I we're not the only audience. Like Americans aren't the only audience for for any kind of media at this point. Oh so yeah, I don't think he needs to like win America back uh, in his own in his own mind. But I think. I think he was I, I probably. Think, I mean, I'm going to assume that he had to have been getting tired of hearing all the people crapping on his movies. Yeah. You know? Well, then, I mean, it, it, when it was after that, after the happening, that he went mainstream and did a, a cartoon adaptation movie of The Last Airbender, which I had never heard of. I got to see a preview screening of it like six months before it came out. Yeah. And I kind of liked it, but it was just kind of like long and cra- it's a crazy movie. And I had no idea what the source material was that I was with my friend, Joe, and we were at the screening and Joe just didn't care for it because it is it's kind of lousy. And uh, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I, I kind of wanted to be just supportive. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all right. And the, the marketing guy was like, do you can you stay? Like, we want to talk to you. Like, we need to know why you like this movie. And we unfortunately we actually we had somewhere to be, because then I probably would have been stuck like trying to figure out like why I liked it, and then yeah. I probably would have realized like, boy, this is really dumb. <laughs> Something is. <laughs> we had a good time making fun of it during and after the movie. Though. Yeah. Um, but you know he tried to go mainstream with that, and then uh, and then it was After Earth. Yep. With Will, oh, Sm- yeah, with yeah. Will and Jaden. After Jayden. Earth. Yep. Um, which is not terrible. No, but it didn't do well. It didn't know. do well. Yeah. People didn't respond to it. It's a, it's weird. Uh, it's I guess just kind of weird. The, but they have these cute little CGI piglets in the movie, which I just love. <laughs> Every time I think of After Earth, which <laughs> comes up a few times, I know someone that worked on it uh, for a long time. So whenever I speak with her about it, uh, I mention the CGI piglets. Nice. <laughs> well, and uh, Knight is not the only one making this movie. We've got some major names in it. Who's in it? Or a part of it, Brucey, Brucey Willis in it. Brucey W. Uh, Bruce Willis was definitely still at the peak of his career at this point. He's coming off Moonlighting, coming straight off Moonlighting, <laughs> right into Unbreakable. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean he's one of the top draws, top actors. Yeah. Um, in in the country for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Uh, coming off Armageddon was ninety eight. Uh, yeah. I think it was Disney's The Kid was 99. Okay. I want to say that. All right, yeah. <laughs> we'll skip that one. but um, We could see that. Yeah. Let's pop it in after this. Yeah. You have, I know you I have. got it on VHS. It's right there in your clam booth. Clamshell, the Disney clamshell. <laughs> uh, but he was, in general, still making really big movies, mm-hmm. and they were making money. Um, he was, yeah, this was in a period of the long gap between diehard movies but mm-hmm. he would i mean he could make it off of uh the reputation from diehard forever pretty much yeah now he just throws out 
crappy action movie after crappy action movie with like maybe a couple of good scenes in it but sure um but he really took to night when during the sixth sense and i think and he did this uh, something similar with tarantino that Mm. he took a chance on a young director who had innovative ideas and and was trying to make a different kind of film and bruce was kind of able to see that for as the big budget movies that he would do, he would also turn around and do these smaller ones that were uh, really just just really interesting films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he cultivated that relationship, and and while they were making Sixth Sense, Knight was writing this film mm-hmm. and wrote it for Bruce. He pictured him as oh, da- yeah, David yeah. Dunn. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he wrote it for Bruce and Sam Jackson. He wanted them. Yeah, both. Because you gotta have them. I yeah, mean, you once it. you see Die Hard with a Vengeance, it's like these guys gotta be together. I I love I'd love seeing them together on screen. They should have been on screen more together. They should have had a comedy show, like a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what would the plot of that sitcom be? Well, they're either roommates. They're, you could do they're like college roommates. College roommates. But they're yeah. but they're, they're they're older guys going back back to college. to college. Their kids go to college. Yeah. That college. One has a daughter, one has a son, and they kind of hate each other. <laughs> it's a spinoff of Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place. Right? Yeah. yeah. I would see the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, but they actually met up. They were both on vacation in Casablanca, of all places. Bruce and Sam? Mm-hmm. Or? Oh, okay. And Bruce pitched it to him and, and kind of like steered him into doing the movie. Oh, neat. And Sam was... Uh, this was the same year, I believe, that he did Shaft. Oh, yeah? So Sam was uh, also kind of at a very lengthy high period of his career. Yeah, he's doing high-profile Yeah, things. A lot of big movies. He's a big draw still. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that started with Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, these guys are a good fit with each other. So... You know, you've got a lot of heavy star power right there right there on the poster. <laughs> That's true. This is one of Sam's more interesting characters. As you see Sam after this movie, mm-hmm. other than, you know, the, your your freaking Marvel movies. Stop saying it. He like doesn't that. <laughs> really play a lot of great characters anymore. They're they're real similar. They're not really don't they don't really stand out that much. I mean, what are what are do you, can you think of some memorable besides Nick Fury? What are the more memorable Sam Jackson roles? Uh, you know, he was in that uh, post post Unbreakable. Well, I mean, I think a lot of the things I picture him, in, he's not really the lead in. I think I'm I, like Django Unchained. He's in Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Playing that guy, you know, you remember Django. Django. No, he's not in Django. He's in, in Django Unchained. He's a he. He's the house uh, oh, butler that's guy right, that's at the right. end. Yeah, yeah. With, okay, he, that he works really. But young. that's Tarantino. Okay, so, sure. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Let me let me put one more copy. Don't don't here. introduce. Don't do Tarantino yeah, movies. No Tarantino. No Marvel. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't follow Sam's career. I don't know. Sure he's, you do. He's done tons of stuff. He's in like three movies a year. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you one that stands out. Go ahead. Triple X State of the Union. Oh, nice. 
I worked on that movie. <laughs> That's why. And it's a classic. With Ice T? Ice Cube. Excuse me? Cube Vision produced it. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of Sam's, uh, I, I don't know, this is a really, this is a really interesting character. He did a really, just, I think, thought an awesome job with this. This yeah. is a really uh, in-depth character. There's a lot going on with Mr. Glass. You're not wrong. I'm not, I'm dead right. <laughs> You're dead, dead to rights, correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's got, there's so much, we, we have his, it's his origin story as much as it's David's uh yeah, it is. It, it is sort of a dual origin story, yeah. just one one in one direction, one in another. Yeah, he had a great look. I mean, he the sure. which I think was his choice with that with the hairstyle. Yeah, um, I thought he was really creepy. Like I, I thought, Mister Glass. Like there's certain expressions where he's looking almost right into the camera, where mm-hmm. it really just I was like, mm, I don't, some, I don't like something about them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there, there. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to really fit, uh, the, the like the aesthetic of the whole world. Like he, he like it's kind of a drab aesthetic in this uh, that we get presented. It's, yeah, it's uh, a, a, it's always a rainy Philadelphia day, uh, and it's drab and yeah. Feels the movie feels like an like a rainy, overcast, dark. Yeah gray skies kind of day yeah so of course he stands out with his purple but he's you know he's tall and skinny he's got that hair um you know it and it's like again there's this like he's intense too oh i mean he's got a total intensity throughout the movie oh yeah yeah it's not yeah not just the the look but like how how he's just on screen (laughs) it's a lot of angles up to him you know he's always towering over you uh in a kind of uh in a way and uh it yeah, I don't know. I like I Elijah is his character's name. Yeah. He's not Mr. He's, they call him Mr. Glass. They right. call him Mr. Glass, but he's uh, Elijah Price. I want to say is something like yeah. I don't think they say it very often. Uh, and we've got Robin Wright. Uh, I guess at the time she was Robin Wright Penn. At the time, yeah, no longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Wright is in this movie, and we hadn't seen a lot of Robin Wright. I mean, obviously Princess Bride and obviously Forrest Gump, but mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of big movies that she was in to this point. Of course, now she's a big, big name again mm-hmm. uh, with House of Cards and Wonder Woman, and yeah. you know she's in a few different things. But uh, but she was kind of a surprising name to see pop up in here. Originally, it was going to be Julianne Moore, oh, who decided to do Hannibal instead of this. Oh, interesting. Which I don't know how well Hannibal played out for her. I mean, I don't think it mattered one way or the other in the long run, but right. Um, I don't think it really did anything for her career either. It would have been interesting to see if she was in this movie, what, yeah. how, if or how that would have changed the character at all. Yeah, how that would play. Uh, I think she did a great, she did a fine job yeah. as, as Audrey, though. But yeah, but like a you know playing this divorced woman who is or about to be a divorced woman who's sort of um living with uh like how how does because part of the story is between david and audrey and that their marriage is kind of breaking up and it's it's moving in a negative way and how do they deal with that and what is their place now that they're not together they've been together since they were in college um 
and you know we don't have we don't have a full understanding of the conflict between them we don't we don't know why their their marriage kind of dissolved yeah i mean i like, think you're it, it's just, not relevant to the story really right but it's it's what it, it's sort of the strengthening of their relationship that is a result of mr glass's uh meddling yeah so. i mean what is relevant about their backstory is how he saved her yeah and that was the first kind of clue that there was something special about him. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's revealed late in the movie that, you know, his accident in college that prevented him from playing football was actually him doing super super heroics, right? To save to save her. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was a, that was a I, I thought that was a great way to play that out. Yeah. That backstory. But, yeah. Um. So just talking about the kind of the genesis of the movie, we mentioned a lot of it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written during uh, the production of The Sixth Sense. Um, Knight, our, our pal, mm-hmm. so he wanted, his original idea was just to create, he wanted to do an origin story movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, most of, you have a, some form of origin in all of the, uh, most of these hero, superhero movies. Um whether it serves as like a like their first adventure or is just where they came from like right. it may not be integral to the plot is, is what yeah. i mean you know yeah. and this one is that's the whole the whole plot is their origin right like becoming what the next whatever they were going to become next we're we're seeing everything that happens before that yeah i mean he wanted to make a deconstructed super version of a superhero story so he's fascinated with the process of the superhero Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your birth of the superhero, the how they kind of struggle with this new information and how they're going to handle it and what they're going to do and maybe fail in their first attempts at it. Yeah. Uh, then they're, you know, it all leads to their ultimate battle with their enemy and then accepting of their of their powers or their gifts or what whatever. Yeah. Uh, what they're they're accepting of what their role is going to be in in life. Uh, and and that was what he was he was curious uh, you know not curious but he was fascinated with how to how to a fresh way to work that arc. And that's essentially what what he was going for for the the I think his tr- idea original idea for the trilogy. I see that yeah. this is just the birth section of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's kind of where it comes from. Uh, he did. Uh... Yeah, so standing alone as that first part of a trilogy, uh, it works really well. Mm-hmm. If, if if this could, could have continued two more times, with the, I'm so curious what he would have done. Like, yeah, what, what's it, the original pl- plan? Yeah, because uh, it feels like Split became its own thing, and then he, you know, was able to piece back together his his making his trilogy. But I don't yeah. know if that was the original plan yeah it, yeah spoiler alert we find out at the end of split where james mcavoy uh, is capable of turning into this he's, he has he has split personalities but then there's one personality that is literally a like a giant mutation unstoppable beast thing uh and then we see bruce willis's character david dunn watching a newscast about that character at the very end. So yeah, it was, so I had no idea that was there. We'll see that. That was incredible. I loved it with with the evolution of Knight's career. I think 
that was uh, that was a really nice way to work in that twist that pull pulling the rug out from under you mm-hmm. that was a good way to do it because it leaves you want, wanting more and it doesn't feel like you took an unnecessary right turn right you know it, it actually makes sense that that you know oh oh we're in that world we're in the same world as unbreakable and yeah now they're tied together yeah and i don't really even see that as like a twist to the whole thing i think it's just an enriching mm-hmm. detail the twist is kind of like the guy actually mutates into this beast like i didn't see that coming either like I, that, that 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 was there's a whole supernatural element to the whole mm-hmm. thing that i wasn't expecting um not that i was again looking for a twist i just think it he introduced the right amount of information in an, in the right way and it made it thrilling uh, that movie this split is really good yeah um so that so yeah that so now like no after now his career has been going on this long and he can make a movie like split and then okay now i'm gonna go back to my some of my favorite characters yeah let's go back on that journey he's gonna do a greatest hits for the next 10 years yeah he's just gonna circle back to all of his movies where are my characters from the village what are they up to what are they doing now what are they they could be part of this universe well, I, I think there's a case for a lot of directors that all of their films are their own universe. Right. Like the Hitchcock movies are all the Hitchcock universe. And right. The Carpenter movies are all in the same world. Right. I mean, there's arguments to that. Right. Oh, like oh, and all, they, and all they, the Tarantino movies. Yeah, half all, of them are, are in the same universe, and then half of them are actual movies made within that universe yeah, or something. Yeah. There's Fun. That is... <laughs> There's a lot That's of, convoluted. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of reaching going on with yeah, that one. Yeah, um, he this was the most expensive spec script at least up until this point. Disney really? paid him five million dollars for the spec script. That's how hot he was after Six Sense. Yeah, that it was just like boom, five million just just to write just it. to write it. And I think he doubled that with his directing fee. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure he made whatever percentage off the uh, off the back yeah. end, and then those international rights. Oh, he's doing fine. He's fine. He's yeah. got like don't a, worry about night. He's got he, he's got a huge ranch or something up in Bucks County where he does all his work in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, um, yeah, he's fine. He's doing yeah. Don't worry about him. Doesn't matter how much they quote unquote bomb or whatever. He he's he continues to make movies. Yeah, and the studios want, and he's on his way back. I th- yeah, I think he is. Uh, after 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 Earth, <laughs> and after after Split, and then knowing like the, the, knowing that he will create another franchise for the studio. The studio wants wants him to do it. Yeah, so that's kind of neat. Uh, so they they kind of rushed this movie right into, you know, pre production essentially. Yeah, get moving. Yeah, don't waste any time. No, I mean it came out a year and a half after Six Sense did. Shit. So they went, you know, as soon as he started writing writing it, they went right into the movie. Hmm. Uh, and you mentioned before the DP Eduardo Serra who uh, oh, yeah. shot the movie. This is a really, this is one of his better looking movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were saying before, it has this darker, rainy day, kind of grainy uh, texture to it that is just, I don't know, really satisfying for the tone of the movie. Yeah. It, it serves the story. Yeah, because, I mean, right from the beginning, like, you just feel, like, this impending sense of doom that, like, something is going to happen. 
Yes, I think, and and that's it's because everything is so static. There's so many static yeah. shots that you you're not anticipating. Ten, I think if, you're not anticipating something major, but you don't know what's going to happen next, and you're just kind of living in that comic book panel with them. And you're just—it's slow. It's slow, and it's—it's it's very slow. And it—that's one of my reasons I didn't like it. Yeah, because I—not yeah. that I expected an action movie, because I didn't—I didn't know what movie kind of movie. Yeah, but I—you know—your brain can get kind of bored with those static shots, especially like if you're wa- watching it on a movie screen. Um, so it requires a little bit of a, either openness to whatever this thing is supposed to be, and and also just an understanding of what the movie is as a whole mm-hmm. that's that's another problem with like there's something else going on in his movies and you don't necessarily know what it is right and it's infuriating that i can see why people walked away from him um you're 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 recording a podcast with somebody that did you walked right away now. you walked away i did Turned i did my too. back on him i did too yeah i was back after after though yeah, that was that's your favorite movie. You got the poster up in your office. Yeah, framed. Yeah, signed. Signed by me. <laughs> I <laughs> sign all my posters. It just says, "Great job, <laughs> Dave." <laughs> all the best, John. I loved it. Quote unquote, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the slow pace was was a struggle. It's tough. Um, I, I enjoy it now. Yeah, it was great. But, uh, Back when it first came out, I, I mean, I liked it immediately when it came out, but like I said, quickly after that, I just soured. But the subtleties of the movie, like we were talking about, there's no act, there's really no action to it. Mm-hmm. There's no, the, right in the beginning of the movie with the big train crash, it was a really bold move to not show that. Yeah. And I'm shocked that a studio didn't force him to show it. Right, because they actually shot a sequence where pe- the t- train tipped over and people were screaming, and, da-da-da, and it ended up on the cutting room floor. It, it's so much more of an impact to just cut. Like, you hear it. You hear this slow... You've got this opening scene of Bruce kind of I- interacting with this lady on the train and, yeah. um, you know, just what he's seeing on the train. And, and very subtly, you hear this, you know, train horn, mm-hmm. you know, Blasting, and then you, it's building and building and building, and you're not paying attention to it at first. The first you just think it's a sound, you know, part of the sound effects, and yeah. and then you're realizing like, no, this is this is something that's going to happen, and then cut, yeah, to where he's in the hospital, I think, right? Yeah, he's just laying on a yeah. on a gurney, uh, but on like for, and I think it's the last forty five seconds of of that before the train hits that he just has his head against the window. And I, I think it seems like the train he's on is speeding up, and yeah, get, and just getting louder on yeah. its own. And you know, I don't know if it's that's what's actually happening, like, or is it is he just doing that for the audience to 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 get ramped up? And then you, yeah, you hear the horn, like something's about to happen, and he's like, he even senses it at a certain point because he's looking at the girl in front of the little girl in front of him, yeah, uh, as this tr- something's about to happen. And then he's, uh, yeah, in the hospital. Yeah. Well, talking to a doctor played by Mike Kelly. Yeah, that was... Uh, so we have, there's two House of Cards people, 
right i'm sure that's how he got the house of cards role (laughs) yeah like like, i worked with i didn't really work with him he was in a scene right before my character was introduced he has like two lines but he'd be amazing (laughs) as the secretary of whatever (laughs) yeah so house of cards mike kelly and robin white uh we're also in this movie together um separate but together yeah separate but equal uh, and there's no, you know, and not having a big battle at the end, like no real climactic right. uh, scene that we, you know, talked about. But it's still, I, you know, I enjoy that ending. It's uh, but it was just bold. Well, no, you him. don't. It's still a bad ending. <laughs> no. Well, no, that ending sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's 98 percent of a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that ending no, that ending doesn't work. But it doesn't bother me as much as the other ones do, uh, because there's a logic to it. Like, right, a plan is unveiled, okay, which is fine. Yeah, and then the, you're right. Then the movie ends, and it just, just ends. Like, oh, what? it just ends. Yeah, as a, as a as a piece on its own for what it is, regardless of whatever was supposed to happen next, that ending sucks. Yeah, <laughs> because not, and not because it's a twist, by because the. It's the reveal of what he's doing is it's, the yeah, twist, it's, it's, but we don't get yeah. to live with it. It sucks. Like yeah. that's like no, that ending. And then stinks. it's just like oh, he turned around and had him arrested. Yeah, like what? <laughs> Good job, hero. Yeah. Good, like, uh, and again, I understand in the grand scheme that that he's thinking about the next movie. Yeah, that we're going to come back to this. This isn't the end, but right. for you know, eighteen years basically, it was the end. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's just a it's just an unfortunate choice to to end it that way. Yeah. Um, well, that's you know we talked because about it kind it. of because the whole thing just builds to something. Again, it doesn't have to be a big climax. It, but I think we we should be we should be allowed to breathe with that information, with the characters for a little bit. Yeah. And end it end it however you want after that, but. I just uh, just getting title cards that tell you what happens is just weird. It's just an odd ending. Well, all his all of his endings are a gamble. Yeah, all of them. And this some is, of them they this, work. This Very one, few of them they work. Mm-hmm. And most of them they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll see what the next. Yeah, yeah. this one roll the snake eyes. Yeah, it was just. I mean, it's okay if you like it. I I just, just I think an it's. Ending. It's not an ending. The movie just ends. So uh, it's just an unfortunate. It's just like it's just a unfortunate. It's just an unfortunate piece of overall a, a, de- a really decent movie. Yeah. Um, and then one more thing I just want to touch on real quick that helped really make the movie, I think, as good as it as the rest of the movie was, was the score by James Newton Howard. Mm. It's a real uh, it's a real. I don't know. I think the music's beautiful, and I think it really adds to the tone mm-hmm. between the music and the and the way it was shot. It just really captures the tone really well. Yeah. So, kudos to James Newton Howard. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was, uh, what I really like too about this is when David Dunn figures out what he's supposed to do next, like you know, glass sort of pushes him that way. And he, and it's, it's still, it's, it's like, it's one of those M night obvious things where he, he tells the other character, like, this isn't going to be like the comic book panels. Like you're in a world that's bigger than the comic book. So then it's like sh- sort of shot like a traditional film where David goes to the train station and touches a bunch of people. 
mm-hmm. and to find you know to find sort of like the biggest bad guy there is and right. take care of him um but the in the score just you're just the music is so great there that because that just drives everything yeah um because there's no real dialogue other than like when he's you know observing people's bad behavior with his david dunvision 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 yeah that's which, coming back. Which, uh, which I didn't put together, but uh, some I know it was noted that you know every time he was seeing the vision of people's bad behavior, it was intentionally shot like sec- like a security camera and was watching it. Yeah, uh, like that. You're just you're an inadvertent observer of bad behavior, uh, which I thought was a great. That's a great choice. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah, but uh, you know David Dunn, hero, just like Peter Parker. Like I have no idea who that is. Reed Richards. Oh, I know him. Silver Surfer. Let's not talk about those movies. Bruce Banner. <laughs> Matt Murdock. Clark Kent. Sue Storm. Scott Summers. Jason Todd. Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that's a little inside Did you notice? Joke there. Uh, how did the movie do? What was its uh, What was its impact when it uh, when it was released? Its impact, financially speaking. Oh well, it made money. Well, not a ton of money, but it did all right. You're talking box office, are aren't we, you? Are we talking bo? <laughs> <laughs> let's talk bo. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk so, numbers. So wait, what was the budge? Seventy five million. Oh, that's a huge budget for a second. For a, film. for a movie that literally only has like 10 scenes because yeah. it's just just static shots all day. That's a lot of money. It's got three main actors. Yeah. And that's it. And that. And, and the guy from. And Michael Kelly. Michael Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, it's an expensive movie. Probably just the star power alone is a good chunk of that. Yeah. And the director fee. Yeah, especially the star power at that point. Yeah, you know they were they were top top dollar. Yeah, then. but it opened uh, to about thirty million that weekend. Yeah, um, number two at the box office. Oh, what did it open against? Well, it opened against uh, one of your all time personal favorites. Uh, nope. Like I don't. Uh, you bring it up to... every pretty much every Tuesday. A hundred and two Dalmatians. Yep. <laughs> We were just talking oh about it last oh week. Oh, my God. I, I wasn't sure which of my favorite movies it was. Yeah. It's either 102 Ooh. Dalmatians um, or The Fugitive. Yeah. Or and Disney's it, The Kid. Or Disney's The Kid. <laughs> um, so so that the so Dalmatians yeah, was, did better? No. Dalma- no. That was what it opened up against. But oh. It was uh, number one was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, for that weekend. Yeah. yeah. Was the uh, Which I think was in its, like, third week or something was oh, still wow. number one so i think that was part of the disappointment was that this movie with these actors at this point in time mm. came out and did not take number one shit yeah with the jim carrey in a green costume couldn't stop him at that point no he was unstoppable it's unbreakable versus the unstoppable <laughs> like and it it that's, that's what happened. That's going to be the fourth one. And then we learned it's breakable after all. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just Sorry. Uh, they shot the movie uh, April to July. So this is a really fast-paced movie. Sixth oh. Sense comes out in July or August of 99. Somewhere in the right. summer of 99. Came out then? Yeah. Yeah. 
immediately goes into production on on uh are in prep on unbreakable mm-hmm. they're shooting the movie from april to july of 2000 and yeah. the movie comes out in november dang so that's for for a feature film that is a really quick that's that's less than a year and a half start to finish yeah from conception to release that's pretty good that's a, that's quick yeah i mean that being said with that kind of pacing and, and it being kind of forced through by a studio, yeah. it is sort of amazing this movie wasn't a train wreck. Right. <laughs> See what I did? I didn't. Are you talking about the Amy Schumer movie? Oh, yeah. Train yeah. wreck? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, was, it came out, or it was released November 22nd, 2000 on 2,700 screens. Jamie Lee Curtis, for her birthday, she decided, I'm going to go see a movie on my birthday. Yeah. She probably went and saw this one. She oh, probably definitely. loved it. And you know, you know Scarlett Johansson for her 16th birthday. The sweet when 16. You go to a movie. You get a group of gals <laughs> together. You go. And you go you go see a, a drama. You go, you go see a superhero movie. She's got to support Robin Wright. Yeah. Uh that's big. Uh, that's that. A lot of famous people went to see this movie on yeah. their birthday. <laughs> uh, it was number twenty-three in the year two thousand. Yeah, a lot of movies came out that year. That was. I know what my favorite was. What was your favorite? My all-time favorite movie, hands down. Go. Mission Impossible Two. Oh God! I'm Ooh. there. Anytime someone's talking about it, I will appear. <laughs> that you get summoned. Yeah. You get like. Oh, that explains why you've disappeared, like, literally in front of my eyes sometimes. Yeah. You know how much editing I have to do on these shows? Because someone's talking <laughs> so, about Mission Impossible 2. Dude, I got to go. You're getting there. <laughs> I got to be there. Do you know where Mission Impossible 2 uh, stacked up for the year? Uh, budget uh, Box office-wise? That had to be pretty high up there. P- pretty high in the top I'm gonna ten. I'm going to say three or four. It's third. Huh. Do you remember any other of the top ten uh, from 2000, possibly? Uh, the year 2000. You already mentioned one of them. Disney's the kid. Nope. Nope. That was no, what? What, did, what was it? What was in theaters at the same time? 102 Dalmatians. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, The Grinch. The Grinch. Other than The Grinch. That's that right. was number four. That was number one. That was number one. 260 million for the, the year. Grinch was number one, and that is not a good movie. It took a yeah. Kids loved it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, kids love a bunch of crap. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Okay. I. Uh, but what? But what came in between that and Mission Impossible? It's funny because wait, oh go ahead. For me personally, mm-hmm. the year two thousand, best year of your life. Well, it was a damn fine year <laughs> for me. I'm talking to my Santa Fe loonies when I say that. Okay. Um, the I was watching a lot of like lower budget movies, like High Fidelity was like those kind of level of movies, like yeah. more. I don't want to say art house movies, but definitely like. Not as mainstream. Yeah, let's see some cool. I'm gonna see a this film. This was the year that man. I started. To I want to see films. You know, and it's Mission Impossible two. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, bring bring that guy back to the show. <laughs> it was Mission Impossible 2's fault that I really started to walk away from action movies too. Oh, I see. The doves, the freaking doves, and the not none of the not some of the action movies from '97 that you don't seem to like. Right. Mission Impossible Two was the catalyst. That was like the nail. You name you name four other action movies in '97. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, but what, I'm sorry. What were we, we were talking? Oh, Charlie's Angels was a big movie. 
that year, wasn't it? Oh, it was. It placed 14th, though. Not no, top not 10. Not top 10. No. Um, there was another superhero movie that year. Oh, X-Men. Mentioned X-Men. That yeah. was number eight. Did that all right. was all the way number eight. Wow. Yeah, it only made $157 million, but that was humongous. That was bofo box office. Bofo yeah. box office for yeah. uh, a superhero thing. Um, but no, uh, other Tom Hanks in Castaway was the second overall. Uh-huh. $233 million. Wow. For Castaway. I mean, it was great. That was a huge movie. It was, it, it, it's some, it was something you didn't see before. Any of these movies that sort of break out, it's something you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it doesn't have to be that different. It's just something just a little bit off to the center. Mm-hmm. And then people will flock to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of big names in those top tens, though. So you got Jim Carrey in The Grinch. You got Tom Hanks in Castaway. You got Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 2. Then you have Russell Crowe in The Gladiator. Gladiator. In yeah. Gladiator, not The Gladiator. Then Mel Gibson. The Gladiator what? is a much different movie. <laughs> and it's actually called The Hot Gladiator. <laughs> uh, That's what Gladiator 2 is going to be about, it's, right? Yeah, it's called Hot Gladiator. Um, what Women Want with Mel Gibson was fifth. Mm. The perfect, perfect Storm with George Clooney? Oh, yeah. Clooney Wahlberg. Holy cow. And then Meet the Parents of Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro. Oh, Meet the Parents. Ugh, did not like that movie at the time and probably still won't like it I... if I watch it again. <laughs> Loved Meet the Parents, Ugh. and now I cannot watch it. Oh, it's, really? It's just not. It, no, I hated it. We'll, from minute we'll do one. an episode on it and talk about how well it does yeah, not hold up. Everybody wants to watch us, listen to us <laughs> spit uh, insults at it. Then Scary Movie came out. Uh, oh yeah, it was ninth, one, yeah. ninth after X Men, and then What Lies Beneath with who's in that? What Harry. Lies? Harry Dean Stanton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Harry Ford. Oh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Was oh, that where, like, his wife's dead? Oh, wasn't it like Susan Sarandon? You just spoiled the whole... Oh, you got to throw a spoiler alert out there. Is it Mich- it's Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Susan Sarandon. Um, circling back to Unbreakable, yeah. where it stands in the ranks of superhero movies, uh, box office-wise, it's all the way down at number 70. Yeah. That is way deep. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's where it lit. It sits, but you know it's not. You know it's not a superhero movie. It's, yeah, it's it's debatable. And you know it's kind of a that's kind of a flawed list in a lot of ways. I, sure. I know the list you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's number uh, you know continuing on that list for origin stories. It's number thirty two as far as box office goes. Okay. Yeah. So thirty one. Other. Heroes had a better origin story. <laughs> At least that made those made that cash. Yeah. Get that cash. Like when you get to David Dunn in the line, it's just a sad spot. <laughs> uh, I mean, how many origin movies are there? There's like thirty-five. There's yeah. <laughs> there's other than that, there's no origin of anyone or anything. Uh, um, but the reviews were mixed they leaned a little more favorable uh yeah the reviews were pretty good for the most part ebert liked it uh richard uh corliss of the of time magazine and Ooh, liked of it. time time yeah. that's a big publication that's a big magazine <laughs> washington post liked it wow um, i thought they, they not i thought but they thought it was a uh, creative way to do it, like what we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, I think they respected it. 
Uh, Kenneth Turan of the LA Times didn't like it. He did like some of the technical things about it, but uh, there were problems with the general consensus was the ending of the movie. There yeah. were there were there was a lot of fe- negative feedback. That ending that. stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and, it does. Yeah. Great movie, bad ending, but that's okay. But Quentin Tarantino loves it. Oh, Tarantino. He so he made a list. Did of, he rip it? Did he rip off anything from this movie and, and insert it in one of oh, his? Oh, probably. <laughs> uh, He's like, I really like that. I'm going to steal that and put it in mine and say I'm a director. <laughs> he made a top twenty list of movies that came out after he came on the scene. So oh. post 1992, mm-hmm. and uh, you know this was one of the ones in there. Oh, I, cool. I don't remember what number it was, but it's in that list. All right. So, you know, he threw some He got on the Tarantino list. That's great. Yeah, great. That's the hot list. Uh, And you loved it, so great reaction. I loved it, and then because it was different. And then why why exactly did you sit on it, though? Like, what what was it? Just the pace. Like, I was bored to tears when I would watch it again. When I I rewatched it, uh, the younger version of me, Mm -hmm. I just was so tired of it like it was just the slow pace just did it in for me i see okay yeah you had said that but it just it was like because we talked about the pacing a couple times so i kind of mixed up like the real reason why yeah yeah i I could get that like you're sort of impatient for it and then knowing what you're going to come to with a yeah crappy ending (laughs) um but yeah like but like you said you've you've kind of come back yeah but having a long gap uh, between watching it now I really I actually I really enjoyed it yeah um, I and now and I think it's changed because of the Marvel movies having come out and taking superhero movies in a certain direction right this is nothing like that at all mm-hmm. and I appreciate the um, not getting everything that you may, might be expecting out of a superhero movie. Right. Subtle, I appreciate the subtlety of it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and are there... So talking about movies, the hero superhero movies have come after. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Marvel movies, like we just said, are, are the big dominant one. But there are a couple of other superhero movies that have... Uh, taken a more independent film kind of look like chronicle okay yeah Do you, are, aren't you a big chronicle fan i like chronicle a lot yeah yeah it's it 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 does it it's a superhero movie crossed with a found footage movie yeah it's interesting um and i don't know if that's really based has anything really to do with Un- unbreakable probably not because i don't think i don't think unbreakable has a the movie itself has like a huge legacy or impact, right? Um, I think watching it, looking at it now, you can appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the issue with the ending, right? But I don't think it, it like it didn't really like like oh this is what opened the door for all these other superhero movies to kind of follow suit. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, they weren't aping this this type of thing. I mean, you get not, not, I mean, most of Batman begins is Bruce Wayne's journey and it's mm-hmm. a very basic, yeah. you know, it's they're they're human stories of, of people and, and what they become. Um, you know, 
Knight wasn't the first one to do it really on film and and he wasn't the last and but he did it his way and i think at least it stands out from that that Mm -hmm. it's it it's it's truly his like it's yeah i don't think i don't think um it's one of his better movies yeah absolutely looking at his body of work Mm -hmm. i mean i i would put this as top seven (laughs) top nine top 13 (laughs) No, I would put it top two. I top mean, two, I would, yeah. I'd definitely put it six cents and this. Yeah. Um, I'm with and you. And then split probably I think would be yeah, up sp- on the higher end. Split's good. Yeah. Uh, well, and, you know, this t- type of story where it's the, not the everyman, but just really a, a realistic kind of human thing, uh, you know, becoming superheroes or whatever, becoming other than a human being, um, you know, th- They've been doing that in comics for years too. I mean, yeah. you, like it isn't just all capes, um, but you do have your heroes that are not, not like part of a the Justice League or something like that. So I mean, for comic book fans, this movie made a lot of sense too, just to, to see something, something like that, that you know we haven't seen this before. Yeah, not in this way. Um, We've had a lot of time spent on the origins of our heroes, like Richard Donner, Superman. A lot of time on Clark Kent. Yeah, it's it's almost its own movie. <laughs> like, yeah, you know him going just getting into Metropolis before he be, shows himself as Superman. Yep. So it's um, uh, yeah the and we'll, the origin. We'll see how uh, we're gonna see real soon how Glass holds up. How they're gonna? I don't know if they're gonna necessarily wrap up the storyline with with Glass, but. Uh, yeah. But we'll, someone's walking by and heels. Someone is. Uh, <laughs> oh my! Get, let's get rid of them. Get, <laughs> are the interns walking doing a fashion yeah, show I again? Just, I just snapped at they're, one of them. They're, they're doing going, the fashion yeah, show. I've got four interns. Get out it! I'm like, not while we're recording, guys. Yeah, we have to judge that. <laughs> uh, so does it hold up over time? I'm gonna say, yeah, it does. Yeah, I think it. It's an. It's nice to revisit a superhero movie. Yeah. in this time that. That wasn't part of this time. Yeah, <laughs> and isn't connected to a major franchise. And yeah. Although now, I, I mean, it is getting. It. I. You have to say it is a franchise because there are sequels, but right. Uh, or tie-ins, but. Yeah, that's just that's what works now. You you have a larger universe. Yeah. At play, um, which is fine. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong. Nothing I think wrong I think that. if you want to rewatch it. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe right after we're done here. Pop after, it in. After I watch to- Toys and the Toy. Yeah. <laughs> the they're toy already toy. in the machine. Okay. So they're just, it's waiting <laughs> for us. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It stands up. Let's let, go for it. Yeah. Watch it. this Unbreakable. Thing. Unbreakable. Give it a get, shot give again. Give it a shot again. Come go on, ahead. Guys. It's all right. <laughs> get in there. Uh, so I think that's, that's, our, that's our thoughts on... Uh, Is that it? That's it. Are we done? We're uh, we're getting out of here. Are we shutting it down? The chopper is. Is it is it fired up? I can hear it. I hear the. Oh, the come on. Going. Come on. You got anything else you want to throw in? Uh. Just looking at my notes. Yeah. Uh, mention that you think it's good. Yeah. No. That's everything. <laughs> mention it is good. That's page. <laughs> page one of one of your notes. That's all I got. Um, well, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be back. Ooh. Whoa, go ahead. I do like 
you know, there was the one what stood out when Elijah Sam Jackson uh, is talking to David about, or it's either David or Audrey um, about something about the. He says the line, uh, "We live in mediocre times," which in two thousand I think is like completely a two thousand line. Oh yeah. Like yeah. you'd never very accurate. It was like, oh, there's there there's that one thing that yeah. is like absolutely encapsulates living in the year two thousand. It's <laughs> to say that it's a mediocre time. Yeah, does not work any at all. No, no, now. But um, that's why I wanted to mention why we were talking about like of its of its time. Uh, yeah, that uh, I don't know. So it's with that one thing of like, um, it doesn't it it loses its timeless quality. Yeah, for yeah. but in the world of the movie, it's mediocre. They don't. Have, it's <laughs> in that world. What a world, eh? Yeah. Now you can cut this part out. <laughs> no, just just cut that. I just thought that was a really telling line. Uh, all right, so we're gonna be back here. Let's get out of here. We're gone. We're we're gonna be back here in a couple of weeks. Sure. We are. Uh, we're looking at Thanksgiving right now. By the time you hear from us again. It's going to be holiday season. Mm. Happy holidays. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a song. It is a song. I like yeah. that song. Uh, Christmas time's coming, and we've got... Uh, and we got a lot of gifts for y'all. we got a lot of uh, episodes. One Gifts every in the day. form of episodes. We're doing a Christmas advent calendar, right? We're uh, going to... One a day, one episode a day in the month of December? Yes. So <laughs> we are... We are uh, it's going to be great. We're going to argue about what is and is not a Christmas movie this season. So stay tuned. Can't wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> We're going to start a little, like, not as Christmassy, and we'll build into the Christmas. But We'll, we'll, we'll ramp up? Yeah, we'll ramp it up. Like, we'll, we'll start with just sort of the I, jingle bells, and then we get into a joy to the world at the end. Like, we just get Christmas. Like <laughs> I may have already hinted earlier in this hmm. show what our next show might be all uh, things work out i mean we mentioned 102 dalmatians oh do, the say toy, no more the toy say no more <laughs> uh all right guys why don't you uh take a few seconds do us a favor hop on itunes give us a five star uh review and hurry and rating and please yeah would love you it would be amazing. We'd love you forever. It would, be a, it would be an early Christmas gift to us. We'd really appreciate it if you can. Yeah. Uh, and uh, check out our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the social media for We're some of them. Friendster. Come say hi. Yeah. MySpace. Yep. Getting that. Classic. You know, if you want to know what music we're into, go to, back to our MySpace <laughs> yeah. page. And what uh, glitter fonts we're using. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening, all our Canadian fans. Thanks for uh, tuning in again. Always great to have you. Uh, and we will be back in a couple of weeks. Love those Canadians. Uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye now. <laughs>